are now listening to the Legends Lingo Podcast, presented by CouchGuysSports.com. Here are your hosts, Al. You didn't ask him about I that long? I was getting there, Beetle. Now, what the holy fuck kind of host are you? I mean, you're Beetle, burying the lead. shit, dude. Someone Chris is... trip, please. Powder. Yes, sir. And Maddie D. Uh, and on top of that, now you have a triple effect. You have... The Niners looking for a long-term answer with Jimmy G in-house. Maybe they don't want to spend the money on Jimmy G. Maybe he gets freed up because they go after a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who now theoretically could be freed up. So there's a lot of dominoes to fall. Enjoy the show. All right, everybody. Welcome back in. The Legends Lingo boys are back. Legends Lingo podcast, episode 154. Happy New Year to all of our listeners and Couch Guy sports followers and listeners in general. Alan Hegan here, Tom Powder Academy is here, being precautious in his place. Yeah. We appreciate it. We love that. No Maddie DeRozier tonight. Had some things to do. Is what it is. We'll miss him on this episode, just like all the other episodes he has to miss. He'll be back, so we're not too worried about it. But we do have a fellow Couch Guy Sports contributor with his own podcast on our Couch Guy Sports Network, Sports in the World. Make sure to give that a rate and a subscription and a follow. So go do that. It's Ladarius Brown joining us, one of the newer Couch Guy writers and a great addition to the family. Ladarius, how are you? I'm doing well, gentlemen. How are you? Good. We're, we're excited to have you on, excited to get some different opinions. So a little background about Ladarius. He is actually, correct me if I'm wrong, Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta Braves, right? No, no Cubs fan. Cubs. Oh, the Cubs. That's right. That's right. We had a conversation about that. So Atlanta Falcons, Chicago Cubs. And then what are your other teams? Throw them out there. Um, WNBA guy, I'm a Seattle Storm fan and uh, basketball fan for hire. <laughs> so we'll convert you into a Celtics fan. Got it. <laughs> Got it. But we have a lot to talk about tonight. Patriots, a big, big, big win over the mm-hmm. just absolutely atrocious Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll recap that game. We'll preview the Miami Dolphins game in week 18. We're going to talk about an incident that took place outside of New England with a former New England wide receiver and former Raiders and Steelers. I think you all can guess what it is. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about why Rob Manfred is a bonehead at the end of the episode. But first, Ladarius, this question is specifically for you, sir. Do Do you ever feel like you just don't have enough energy throughout the day? Yeah, more often than I'd like to admit. Would you like to know a little product that could help you get that energy back? You know what? I have time. Why not? You know what, Powder? I think he needs to hear about it. Are you ready, yes, Powder? He does. You ready? Mm-hmm. It's our friends over at Shocked Energy. Have you ever been unable to focus, tired, or just low on energy, just like Ladarius admitted, Powder admitted, and I admitted? We understand that feeling, and we understand it so well that obviously the Legends Lingo podcast is brought to you by Couch Guy Sports Network. And sponsored by our friends over at Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a drink made by podcasters and gamers for podcasters and gamers. All their flavors come packed with 180 milligrams of caffeine to ensure that no matter what you're doing, your focus will always be razor sharp to keep you performing at the top of your game. Their formulas are designed to specifically give you high energy boosts when you need it the most while ensuring to avoid the jitters after too much caffeine consumption. Head on over to shockedenergy.com and use the promo code CGSN. That is CGSN, all caps, today for 10% off your order. Check out their green apple flavor as well as their watermelon flavor. Well, Darius, are you a green apple guy or a watermelon guy if you had to pick? Uh, I'm a green apple guy, actually. 
Okay, we'll, we'll accept it. We're watermelon yeah. guys, but you know what? We accept a different opinion. We like that. <laughs> but don't worry, friends. Even if you don't live in these here United States, you can still get chocolate energy because it ships worldwide, whether you're in Africa, Asia, Australia, Norway, Poland, wherever you live. Shocked Energy ships worldwide to you. Get your Shocked Energy today and let us help you gain back your focus and get your energy back. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to break it all down. Patriots, Jaguars. I mean, this is going to be a quick conversation. I mean, 50 to 10, Patriots come out on top. The Jaguars are horrible. Trevor Lawrence, poor Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. You know, he's lost more games this year than he has in, I think, seven or eight years of high school and college combined. Yeah. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. <clears throat> so, Powder, I'll start with you, and then I want to get Ladarius' thoughts on this too. Just thoughts on this overall game. Was this what you expected? Was this a get-right game? Are you happy with it? Are you not happy with it? Just overall quick thoughts. No, I was happy with it. I thought the Patriots played very well, both offensively and defensively. Got a couple interceptions. But the one thing I took away was I didn't realize how rough of a season Trevor Lawrence has had. I didn't realize he had two um, different streaks of over 100 pass attempts without a touchdown. Like, just not a fun season for him. Obviously, everybody thinks he's the next great pay Manning, those Corbett like that, just having that rough of a season. But the Patriots do what they had to do. Those are games you should put up 50 points and win big because it's just you have to get right. You have to get your – Self back on track, getting right into the playoffs. Obviously, we have one more game and then off to the playoffs. So hopefully the Patriots um, ride the ship right there. That's very true. And with the Patriots being the Jaguars and the Dolphins getting shellacked by the Titans, the Patriots have secured a playoff spot. For all of you that bet the Patriots over nine and a half wins before the season started, congratulations. You just cashed your tickets on Sunday afternoon. Yes. I may or may not be one of them. (laughs) Ladarius, as the non-Patriots fan here, overall thoughts on, even if you just saw the highlights or anything, just overall thoughts on the Patriots game against the Jaguars. Uh, I I did watch it here. It came on in my market, so yay for me. Um, (laughs) I I, I took away two things, and I think to Powder's point, I, I had no idea it was that bad for Trevor Lawrence, and things have to get better before they get worse, obviously. He's... This year, it's it's not a hundred percent. All everything that's gone, he's had to deal with as a rookie, the whole Urban Meyer ordeal, trying to figure out this offense. I think I didn't know it was that bad there. And and the second thing that I observed, I think I wrote an article. Uh, actually, for couch guys, I wrote an article about you know I had two coach of the year candidates. I had either Cliff Kingsbury or I had Bill Belichick, and. When I look at the job that Bill Belichick has done, I think this was a not only a get-right game, but this is a get-right season. I think he went out there, he got his guy in Matt Jones. It just fell to him, didn't move, got his guy. And then when you look at this game, like I've never seen Belichick laugh on the sidelines in my life. Well, a couple of times. He was just having fun. Yeah, He was having fun. And <clears throat> I think with Bill Belichick, that's something that it's interesting. And I think with the Patriots moving forward, I think that Mac Jones is obviously the future. And I look at this game and I go, you know what? The run game, I think they're getting right at the right time. December, January is the perfect time to get it right. Came to the postseason. So whether whether or not they win the division or not is a whole different conversation. But overall, I I I expected a you know a shellacking, but 
you know, not like that. That just wasn't right for human consumption, but <laughs> it happened. Fair enough. But yeah, I mean, listen, you guys both hit the nails in the head. It's very simple. This was the game that you need to get right. You just lost, lost two games at Indy and home against Buffalo. You needed to get this win. You needed to get back into the swing of things. And you take a look at a lot of things that happened in that game. Mac Jones threw three touchdown passes, no interceptions, had one of the highest QB ratings. I think the second highest QB rating in all of week 17. Pretty good for a rookie. You had Donta Hightower get his first sack, his first solo sack in two years. That was nice to see at the beginning of the game. The defense played really well. Miles Bryant had, I think, two interceptions on his birthday. So shout out to Miles Bryant for you know doing his part. Like it was a game where they needed to take care of business. They did. They're in the playoffs, but now they can control their seating. So I think we're pretty much good on this Jaguars game. I think we can yeah. move on, right? No, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's just move right along then. Patriots at Dolphins. Ah, the house of horrors <sighs> that is playing in Miami. The Miami Miracle back in 2018. Although, if you remember two years ago in 2019, Patriots shellacked Miami and Miami. I think that was like a 41 nothing game. I think Gilmore had a pick six that game. And then, obviously, last year, Patriots uh, lost in Miami. I think it was 20-12 to with Tua. Something like that. It was a weird score. But anyways, week one, these teams met. And I don't care how biased of a Patriots take this is. Ladarius, one thing you're going to understand about me and Powder, we try not to be as biased as possible. We try to be very fair. So this is the one time I'm going to have a biased take. If Damian Harris doesn't fumble the ball late in the game against Miami in week one, you're 11 and five and you have a shot at playing for the one seed this weekend. Now the Patriots still do have a shot, but it would have been more realistic if they were 11 and five. So with that being said, you know, in this game, just really quick, I mean, I'm looking for Miami's going to bring a good defense. I still don't believe in Tua. I don't think he's the guy that can lead you to the promised land. And I think that Miami was really humbled by Tennessee because this was Miami's literal season. Beat the Patriots week one, went on a seven-game losing streak, then went on a seven-game win, win streak, which, by the way, was fraudulent in a half. Beat the Jets twice, the Panthers, the Ravens was an okay win, beat the Saints with Ian Book starting. Like it, They just played a bunch of terrible teams. Then they lose, they get shellacked by Tennessee, and now their last game's going to be against New England. They're out of the playoff race. So this is a game where, you know what, like Ladarius said, you got to play your best football in December and January. So if the Patriots played well enough, you get that win, you go to 11 and six, then you need some things to fall for you. You need Buffalo to lose to the Jets because they couldn't lose to the Falcons. Thank you, Ladarius, for that. Mm. And they were up at, the Falcons were up at halftime. Grr. I know, I'm sorry. Am I pouring salt into the wound? No, no, no. You know, you know, too much salt is it's not always a good thing, but you know, uh, I balance it out throughout the day. So you're good. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, I feel like 1% better about that. And still that's, that might be a stretch, but you know, so the bills need to lose their game chiefs. I think, I don't even know who the chiefs are playing. I think they're playing Denver and they're, they're going to be playing all their starters to get that one seed. Tennessee's playing the Texans. So they're going to, it's very likely that the Patriots are going to end up with the five seed and they're probably going to go to Buffalo. There's a chance that if they lose, I'll tell you what, this is crazy. And then I'll stop my rant and then let you guys get in. Cause I know you guys have been waiting patiently and I appreciate both of you. If the Patriots lose and the Colts win Colts own that tiebreaker. So if the Patriots move down six and they went to and Cincinnati stays at three. I would not mind Patriots going to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. I don't care. They have this offense. 
I don't care, whatever. The Bengals have no playoff experience. Joe Burrow doesn't have any playoff experience. Jamar Chase has no playoff experience. Zach Taylor doesn't have any playoff experience. So let's get that just out there. I'm done. Ladarius, we'll start with you. Then we'll go to Powder. I'm going to mute my mic, shut up, and listen. So go ahead, Ladarius. Uh, well, let's talk about the, the Dolphins game real quick. I think of the situation, to your point, I think Brian Flores, you know, he knows the Patriots. He worked for the Patriots. I think the Patriots, you know, the Miami's going to bring their defense. I think even with all the uncertainty around Tua, because I lean, that's a, you know, I could go either way with Tua, quite honestly, future-wise. But what I'm looking for is New England, is that I'm looking for them to just keep it rolling. Because at, at this point, it, it's all about seeding. It's about where you go. And that really matters. Now, to your point, you talked about them potentially going to Cincinnati. And and to your point, I like Cincinnati. I love their offense. But we have to understand that playoff time experience matters. Experience does matter. And if there's one coach, one team over the last almost 20 years that epitomizes experience, it's the New England Patriots. And even though number 12 is under center, even though number 10 is under center, it does not change the fact that that will be a great game. But going back to the Dolphins game, I just expect I just expect Bill Belichick to use this game. I don't want to say tune-up game because I don't want to mitigate the Miami Dolphins. I think this is the game where Bill Belichick is just going to try to piece together, get things going. I think just keep it going. I think – and then moving forward, they know they're in the playoffs, just a matter of position. Now, Belichick may not be one of those coaches who cares where he goes. He just knows once you're in there, anything can happen, experience. So, I guess to, to wrap up my point on it, it's just simply what I'm looking for in this game. I'm just looking for Matt Jones. I'm looking for the run game. I'm just looking for them to just have a little bit of establishment moving forward. And I'm just looking for them. I expect them to win the football game because for Miami, there's nothing nothing to play for, even though it's been a – a house of horrors down there in South Beach for him. I think Belichick is going to get them ready and get them to focus, understand December, January, we got it. We got to get it going. Very well said, especially yeah. from a non-Patriots fan. Yes. Much respect, much respect. Powder. Go ahead. Yes. Um, I agree with everything you just said. I think the Patriots have to get right, do everything they have, like prepare the running game, get the offense going. Like, them figure out what their offense is going to be um, in the last game, preparing for the playoffs. The one thing I know, especially being a baseball fan, you see a lot of is the teams, once they get eliminated, those are the scary teams to play when you have something to play for because they have nothing to play for. They're just going to go all out to try and all the players are going to try and show off what they have. They're playing for money. There's never nothing they're not playing for. So that's the thing. Dolphins, all the players are going to be playing for contracts later, either after this year or later in their career. So they're going out, going to play hard, try and prove, just try and win the game, just to prove something. And may, and especially being divisional rival, they want to put Patriots in a tougher spot. They want to give the Patriots another loss. And especially Flores, like you said, being a former Patriots coach, he's going to want another win against Belichick to prove that not all Belichick's disciples lose to him all the time. So, but I think the Patriots will end up winning this game, but I think it's going to be a tough game because Patriots never fare well when they're used to playing in the cold. They go down Florida and it's 75 degrees and sunny. 
So I will say this. I have a lot of respect for Brian, Brian Flores. I think he is a very, very good NFL head coach. I think he's done a great job with Miami. And guess what? Miami's going to be one of the top pay, top teams this offseason that have enough cap space to be able to make moves. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they have the number one most cap space in the whole NFL next year, right? So Ladarius is not in his head. So he's so I'm I'm do, I'm saying something right. I'm saying something smart for once. So we're in good shape. But with that being said, yes, I can confirm Miami Dolphins. Double confirmed. Love it. So Miami has a bright future ahead of them, especially the Jalen Waddle, uh, Mike Gesicki, and some of those other some of those other skill players that they have in that defense. Miami's not going to go away. They're not going away lightly. Put it that way. So in this game. We do score predictions every show. Ladarius, give us a score prediction for this game. Uh, hmm. You know, to Powder's point, I do think it's going to be close because anytime it's a rivalry game, it's always close. Uh, and I think in this case, I'm looking at New England. Hmm. I had the number. I'll, I'll stick with it. I will say 27-24. Ooh. Hmm. A little shootout. I like that. Okay. 27-24 from Ladarius. Go ahead, Mr. Powder. I think it's going to be close, but I think the page is going to pull away at the end. I'm going to say it's going to be 31-21, but I think it's going to be close, like a 24-21 game going into the fourth quarter and Patriots score a late touchdown, kind of pull away, secure the victory, but I think it's going to be close throughout the whole game. Okay. So I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as you guys think. I think it's going to be a game of the defenses. I think Belichick's going to rely on his defense. Flores is going to rely on his defense. That being said, I got Patriots 20, Dolphins 13. I think it's going to be a very, very close game. I think it's going to be a game where not a lot of touchdowns are going to be scored. Defenses are really going to show up. Like Powder said, Dolphins have nothing to lose. The Patriots, all they really have to lose is seeding. I don't think they can get lower than six, I'm pretty sure. But I could be, I, I could be wrong. But I think six is the lowest they can go. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be a fun game on Sunday. It actually got flexed out to the 425 p.m. Eastern Standard Time start. So I'm very curious to see how that plays out, waiting a little bit, and then all of a sudden, oh, it's Sunday at 4 o'clock. You get to watch football and watch your favorite team. So it'll definitely be fun. You know what else is fun, guys? Tell me. Making, making sure that you get a good massage anywhere. Ladarius, is there a certain place that you can think of that has the best massage therapy guns in the world? Not off the top of my head, but I think you look you look like a guy who might have the answer. You know what, Ladarius? I do have an answer. I'm going to give it to you right now. I'm going to bestow my wisdom upon you with the knowledge of massage therapy guns. I hope you're ready. All set. All right. The Legends Lingo Podcast is also brought to you by our friends over at Exogun. You ever done a workout and feel like you need a massage right after? Well, get that massage without even having to leave your house. Don't let pain and soreness slow you down anymore because Exogun revives muscle, boosts circulation, and releases energy so you can recover faster and live better. Exogun is portable, adjustable, powerful, and trusted by the pros to to deliver the ultimate in-recovery experience. Gain back control of your body and achieve long-term pain relief with our friends over at Exogun. Get 10% off. That's right, one, zero, 10% off with the code CGS10. That's CGS10, all capitalized, at checkout. Exogun comes with a charger and a carrying case for your convenience. Go get your Exogun today and treat yourself to a massage at a moment's notice. So we are going to talk about one more NFL thing, and this is something that I think a lot of podcasts, 
radio shows, TV shows, whatever platform you're watching or listening to, they're, they're going to be talking about it. Bucks, Jets. We're not talking about Tom Brady's comeback, although that was incredible because I think the Bucks were down like 24 to 10. They came back and won 28, 24, something ridiculous like that. It wasn't about Tom Brady, but it was about Antonio Brown, former Bucks wide receiver, Antonio Brown. So during the third quarter, Antonio Brown decided to, how do I put this nicely? Put on a show for the fans, decides to take off his jersey, take off his equipment, take off his undershirt, take off his gloves, throw them into the stands, goes into the opposing end zone, starts, I don't want to say dancing because he wasn't really dancing, but he was getting the, the crowd into it. And he was waving goodbye to the crowd at MetLife Stadium, giving the peace sign, and then just bolted out. Only problem? This was in the middle of the third quarter. Okay. So just really quick, because I really want to hear your guys' thoughts on this, because I kind of know what I feel like. When you first hear about it, before you hear any information, you're like, oh, here's Antonio Brown again, you know, just pulling his antics, being a me guy, being a guy that's all about him. If he doesn't get the ball, he's going to get angry. But then I heard a report. I think it was Ian Rappaport came, up with, came out with this and said that according to reports, Antonio Brown told the Bucs coaching staff that he had hurt his ankle and he wasn't good enough to go back in the game. Arians was like, no, you're going in the game. And when we tell you to go in the game, you go in the game. Brown refused. And then Arians and the coaching staff were basically like, well, if you're not going to listen, you're not going to go in when we tell you, you can leave. And then that's when Brown proceeded to make the seat. If the reports are correct, I think that there's fault on both ends. I think it's Bruce Arians fault for not realizing, because why would a player want to come out of a game, especially someone in Brown situation where he had a million dollars of incentives that he still had on the table. I think he needed one touchdown, like 55 receiving yards. And then like, and then something else at eight catches or something like that. Why would you want to come out? And why would you not want to make that million dollars in the last game and a half? Like why, why wouldn't you, they're pros. Why wouldn't they worry about the money? But then on Antonio Brown's end, to make the scene that he did, quit on his team, and go into the locker room, that's not right either. I think Antonio Brown is a heck of a talent. I think there's a lot going on with him, and I sincerely hope he gets all the help that he needs, if indeed he does need help. So that's all I got. I'm going to start with Powder, then I'm going to go to Ladarius. Just overall thoughts on this Antonio Brown just situation. Yeah, I I hope it's just a disagreement and there's obviously like you said, Al, there's nothing wrong with him. Like mentally, obviously you worry with NFL players. I know some people have came out <clears throat> on Twitter and stuff saying CT and stuff like that. I just hope his mental health is there. He has taken some pretty big hits. There's one I fear to hit him, but when he was still at the Steelers where he got headhunted and you there I think was one of the reasons He's so messed up today. I think he has had his head rattle a few times. So, But I think Antonio Brown is a very me guy. I think he has done a lot. We've seen it. The, what do we have him for two weeks as a, with the Patriots? You saw it with that. You saw the whole him leaving Pittsburgh, him going to Raiders and not wanting to be at the Raiders and finding ways to get traded and released and all that. So. I think Tony Brown likes to do stunts like that and kind of have everybody look at him, but this is kind of something 
I really shocked me when I saw it while I was watching Patriots game, them flash to it. And just like, like you said, I'll just hope he's okay. Hope everything's okay. And, but I still don't get, like you said, why he would put waste a hundred or waste a million dollars. They could have got with all his incentives. And before we get to Legarius real quick, did you guys see the the little tidbit that I think it was the MetLife security thought it was a fan at first. They didn't realize it was Antonio Brown during the games mm-hmm. and they just let that go. I was like, wow, you really didn't know, huh? But I mean, it is what it is. All right, Ladarius, go ahead. Uh, you know, where do I start? I guess at the beginning, I guess when I look at the situation, to your point, Al, I look at it twofold. I look at it this way. I look at Antonio Brown as a great talent, pro bowler, all pro. Now, if something is wrong, and, and this is the point that I, I, I try to stress. What Antonio Brown did, if we did that at our job, we wouldn't have a job. We wouldn't have a job. Now, if, if, the, if the Ian Rappaport, if that is true, I look at it, I blame Arians, and I look at Antonio Brown because there's a sense of professionalism. It's being a professional. I don't care about people saying, oh, the money. No, take the money out of it. You're a professional. Be a professional because that's how you get the next job. Be a professional. And I'm thinking what happens, what's happening here is, is that when you see it from the point of view, is that I also look at Tom Brady. And this is why. I don't look at Tom Brady in the negative sense here. But Tom Brady has been getting a little bit of flack as well. Because if you think about it, he was the one that vouched for AB to come to New England back in 2019. Mm-hmm. He vouched for him. And then things didn't work out. Played one game out. I think he was played one game, had a couple of catches, had a touchdown. And then when, you know, Brady left for, for Tampa, AB signed there. And, and, and I tell people, let's be clear. AB does need help. Like, there, there's no two ways about it. I think when he took the hit with Vontez Burfitt when he was with the Steelers, when the Bengals were playing the Steelers, I think that he was never the same player. It took time to progress, but we're, we're seeing it in full effect. But going back to the point about Brady, I feel that Brady really wants to help A.B. the person and, and also recognizing his talent. Do I think it's fair that Brady gets the criticism? No, it, to me, I look at it this way. Brady wants to help AB, but I stress this in any part of life. We could want people, we could, we want to help people, but people won't have to want to help themselves. And I think for AB, AB has to want the help. We can sit and blame Bruce Arians. We can blame Tom Brady. We can blame anybody. But to me, it's about a personal accountability. And when I look at a guy like A.B., there's been no accountability. I remember when he had that brief time with the Raiders and he got the phone call saying the Raiders let him go. And he was running outside of his house like he just won the lottery. And I'm like, that's all you need to know about A.B. Was that he didn't want to be there. He went there. He didn't get his way. And then he walks into a situation with Belichick in New England, a ideal situation where we've seen players maybe akin to AB. I think of guys like Corey Dillon, Randy Moss, coming from situations that weren't great. 
and making it work and having their, some of their best years of their career. And for AD not to work in New England was puzzling because I said, I said to myself, if he, could, if he doesn't work in New England, where else can he work? Because you have the best coach, you had the best quarterback, the best structure, and he didn't work there. So when he got the bucket, we got to Tampa Bay. I'm like, okay, let's see how it works out. You have the fake vaccination, you have the accusations, and then you have this incident. I think AB right now, AB doesn't need a job. He needs help. People have pressed him to play football. Football is not going to help his problems off the field. He needs help. And I think someone has to pull him aside. I remember reading Tony Dungy, the Hall of Fame coach, said that he needs help. It's, it's not about, we have, to, we, we have to look at AB, the human being, not AB, this all pro, all, you know, pro bowl receiver. What we saw at MetLife was a guy who just, he just didn't care. He, he put himself in the middle of a football game. When your team is down, needed you. That's the perception. That's the perception we saw. That's how people are going to remember you because you're not, you may not step on the field ever again. So my overall takeaway is we have to focus on AB, the person, because my thing is that I don't like what he did. Nobody should like what he did because it's about professionalism. There's a right and a wrong way to go about things. And he went about it the wrong way. I say at the end of the day, get help. Because what we saw was a guy all, you can have all the talent in the world, but that does not mean that you're having, you're not great in your mental, it means you're not great in terms of your mental health or any type of health. AB is an example. I don't care what, how much talent you have, he needs help. It's, we're, in a, we're living in a world now where it's okay to admit that you need help. Right. AB has to be the one to admit he needs help. Brady probably wants to help him. Arians want to help him but he just needs help. So that, that's, that's just my takeaway from it all. And you know what? <clears throat> very well said and very eloquent. That, that's, that's the word to, descri- to describe Ladarius's take right there, eloquent. Because you think about this, right? What was the first thing he did the next day? Do you guys see what he did? He went to the Nets yeah. game, right? Went to the Nets game, courtside seats. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going to a basketball game. There's nothing wrong with that. But you would think that AB would probably want to go to Florida, get his stuff, and then, you know, go do whatever. But instead, he stays in New York, and then he goes, I don't know. I don't know about you guys. There's something about that that just rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know. You know, it's just, until Darius's point, I just think AB doesn't care. I think he thinks that, in a way, that he can do whatever he wants. He can get away with whatever he wants. You know, he still has all the allegations against him. Second allegations the other allegations like the doctor saying like disrespectful farting in the office and that i saw that video the other day again and i forgot Mm -hmm. about that and i was like huh interesting and it's just amazing how he really doesn't care i was listening to i think it was part of my take and they got an interview with the guy that picked up ab from metlife and he even said like ab doesn't care just doesn't care so you know what to Ladarius's credit, you know, it's about the person, not about the football player. Take care of the person. If he wants to get help, great. If not, then he's just, he's, I think he's 
ended his career pretty convincingly because who's really going to take a chance on him? There's a report that there's one mystery team in the NFL that supposedly would want him in the playoffs. You do that, then I think you are not a smart person. Plan something. But, you know, the Bucs are going to go on. I, I think the Bucs are in trouble, you know, going forward at wide receiver. Antonio Brown's gone. Chris Godwin's gone for the year with an injury. Mike Evans is getting injured. Like, you you don't have the same receiving core as last year. So, I don't know. But it's Tom Brady. So, who knows what's going to happen. But, after all that, Powder. Yeah. I need some food. You need to tell me where's a good place to go in the uh, New England area. Yeah, I've got a great place. A&B Kitchen, yeah, I'll tell you all about it. A&B Kitchen and Bar is located in Boston, right across the street from TD Garden on Causeway Street. Um, their newest spot to meet up before or after a game for dinner and drinks. Offering an elevated take on traditional New England pub menu with freshly made in-house dishes like chicken pot pie, meatloaf made with a gangly raised beef from Naaman Ranch, local clams, and aneroid sausage, a locally caught fish and chips. Draft beers from area breweries like Gentile Brewing, Beverly Mass, Lord Hobo, and Knot pair perfectly as well. Looking for a patio dining? AMB Kitchen has a raised patio with spectacular views of the garden and the Zakem Bridge. With heaters, you can enjoy outdoor scene for extended season. Also, 32 feet of open garage doors along Cosmic Street and 16 feet along Beverly Street, you're able to sit inside but have all the benefits of the dining experience without the Open air dining experience without the elements. Don't have tickets to game, but won't watch it with fans at A and B. Nine 70 inch TVs are installed all around the um, restaurant. There, so you can't say there's no bad scene in the house. They're open Monday through Sunday at 3 p.m. And if there's a day game on a weekend, they open at 11 a.m. Shout out to our friends over at A and B Kitchen and Bar. Darius, if for whatever reason you're ever up in New England, we'll take you and, yeah. you know, treat you to a good uh, good bite to eat. So, it's looking pretty good. So, we're, we're trying to entice the Darius to come up our way and see us. <laughs> Hang out. Be friends. Be pals. <laughs> but final topic of the night. We're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to switch to baseball. And, yes, I know there's a lockout still going on. I understand. I know there's no transactions. Blah, 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 blah. But – there was an interesting development that happened the other day. So it was reported that Ken Rosenthal axed, gone, see you later, from MLB Network for his comments about Rob Manfred and the way that things were going. Now, I want to get your guys' take first because I, I, I have a few thoughts that I think the three of us are going to agree on. I want to start with our baseball guy, Powder. We'll go to Ladarius, and then I then I got a few thoughts that, if they're not mentioned, I'll bring them up. But Powder, how are you feeling about this? Because this, this is kind of a weird situation. Yeah, Ken Rosenthal came out on Twitter today confirming he is not returning to MLB Network. Obviously, he did not make any comments towards those allegations or those rumors about him getting fired because of his comments, but. You could see some articles Ken Rosal recently wrote were against Rob Manford that he needs to step up and do a better job. And if this is if that is why MLB now let go, then Rob Manfred, I think, is towing the line with Roger Goodell as the most hated owner. And um 
can never remember the NHL guy, but Gary Bettman. Yep, Gary Bettman. It's just uh, Rob Manfred. I just he's not doing a lot to help the sport, in my opinion. I think the young stars are doing all doing a ton, and I think it was Carabas who said this, but I'm not. It might be someone else, or no, I think it was actually Shelfie, a YouTuber that um said there's so much momentum going in the sport right now with so many young talents, Tatis, Vladdy, all them having great seasons, the Otani year, and then now we're in a lockout. Like, it's like you had so much momentum going, and then you just hit a brick wall. Like, like they need to figure this lockout out. And I know, obviously, the owners want to get their money, and the players want to get their money, but they need to figure out for the fans. Because that's what matters most is them providing. They're both going to get their money. Owners are going to be billionaires and make more money than you could ever dream of off these teams. And players are going to get paid. You're going to look at contracts, and you're always going to shake your head and think how stupid some players' contracts are. But they deserve every penny. They've worked their butts off to get to where they are. But And I get that they're trying to get it to where they're both happy with each side. Like obviously baseball is fully guaranteed contracts and there's no real salary cap. So that's why you see contracts like a Mike Trout and Garrett Cole and all those contracts. And even past two years, Max Scherzer and Trevor Bauer, like their, their AAVs are just through the roof, $40 million a year. But um, it's just Rob Manfred has to figure something out. And I can't believe, Ken Rosenthal, if that is why he lost his job, it's just a mutual parting ways. And they're just like, he just wanted to go focus on something else. And that's fine. But I don't see why Ken Rosenthal is one of the most beloved writers in all of baseball. So a lot of people are not happy with um, MLB. Go ahead, Ladarius. You know, to, to Powder's point, you know, first and foremost, this, this lockout, it, it's just something about when baseball locks out that irritates me more than any of the other sport. I don't know why, but it just does. And first and foremost, you know, listen, Ken Rosenthal is one of the best, not just baseball writers, but just one of the best pure sports writers in the industry. And, and if you're Rob Manfred, you're a grown man. Okay. You hold a position that is very polarizing. People will write stuff about you. Sometimes not flattering. Sometimes words you just can't say on, on air or on print. But to essentially, from the perception, to cost a man's job. Like Ken Rosenthal is fine. He's still writing for The Athletic. He's still working for Fox Sports. So, but it's the idea that if Ken Rosenthal lost his job because of Rob Manfred, Rob Manfred needs to just suck it up. Because he's bordering that, to me, I call it the Goodell line. Because at some point, you have to understand that, to Powder's point, your sport has so much young talent. Shohei Atani, Fernando Tatis, Vlad Guerrero Jr., you know, and then you to your point, you know, to me, it just feels like baseball could do a better job of promoting their stars. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because when I'm looking at commercials, I'm seeing NFL guys. I'm seeing, I'm not seeing baseball. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing 
a guy like a Bryce Harper or a guy like Mike Trout, two of your bigger names in the sport, Otani, who, who had an incredible year. If you didn't know baseball, you wouldn't know about Otani because Rob Manfred, to the point of many, he's not doing a great job. That's your job. See, we can look at the NBA. We can look at Adam Silver. But Adam Silver promotes the sport. His sport, as much as people may want to feel, he has a better control. Maybe Rockies and late, but he has a better control of his sport, promoting his sport. It's a global sport. Baseball is a global sport. Uh, Looking at the diversity of stars. But to circle back to the point about Rosenthal and Manfred, it's to the point where Maybe there was a hint of truth in what Ken Rosenthal wrote because, see, to me, you don't get upset at something somebody writes or says about you unless there's a modicum of truth to it. So maybe Rob Manfred read The Athletic and said, I don't want this guy writing baseball. I don't want it. But he has that kind of a power. He's the commissioner of baseball and got rid of Rosenthal. And Manfred has to understand you're in a position that you're going to get criticized. How many times have we seen people write about and criticize Roger Goodell? It doesn't concern Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell could care less because you know how much money he's making a year? He doesn't care. This guy's making nine figures a year. He doesn't care. Rob Manfred, why do you care? Because your sport is in a lockout and it shouldn't have to be in a lockout. Owners want, like to Powder's point, owners want money. Players want. But for the fans, it's going to hurt. Because it feels like pride. It's it's issue of pride. And sometimes pride can stop you from getting a lot of things in life. And Rob Manfred is like a very prideful dude. He, 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 it's just to the point that maybe Ken Rosenthal wrote things that were true. And, and if that's the reason why Ken Rosenthal, a great writer, lost his job, Rob Manfred, to me, he's worse than Goodell. And I thought I'd never say that on a show but he's worse than Goodell. And I thought Goodell was like the standard. But Rob Manfred, like to me, the one thing worse can do, the the one worst thing that Manfred could do is call the all-star game a tie. Like Selig, if he does that, maybe, I want to get into that story. But the point (laughs) is, and to wrap up, when I, to me, I, I don't like it. It's not fair. Baseball, we as fans want baseball. We want to see the talent promoted because we all know how great this league is. We all know how great it is. Rob Manfred needs to promote his sport. Rosenthal had a right to criticize him because he's not doing a great job. Promote your sport. And at the end of the day, we could criticize Goodell, we can criticize Adam Silver. Heck, I think Gary Bettman's doing a slightly better job at promoting his sport because Sidney Crosby, Ovechkin, you know, Connor McDavid, it, he's doing the. I, I know stars of that sport because, listen, get, so why can't Rob Manfred do the same thing? So Ken Rosenthal was right. And I do believe that if Manfred cost him his job, it just goes to show you that maybe he shouldn't be commissioner. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm not the only one who feels that way. You're in a seat, like I say, it's like if you're the president, no matter, you have to take criticism. 
It's not written in a contract, but it comes with the job. Yep. So th- th- those are my thoughts and feelings on it. So I'll leave it there. So th- this is what I'm going to say, and I'm going to give you the reason, Ladarius, why this happened, I think. Because I'm, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I think Rob Manfred is Charmin tissue paper soft. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think he's soft for this move. I think it's a move where, like Ladarius said and like Powder said, he didn't like what was being written about him. Rosenthal was writing the truth. And by the way, Ken Rosenthal, he's still writing at The Athletic. He's still doing stuff for Fox Sports. It's just MLB Network that he's not doing stuff anymore. Yeah. Ken Rosenthal is one of the prime outlets for MLB information. You want a big trade? You want to make sure it's 100%? You go look at Ken Rosenthal's Twitter. He'll make sure that it's up and confirmed. It's just like in the other sports. With football, it's Ian Rapport and Adam Schefter. For basketball, it's Adrian Wojnarowski and uh, Shams Charania. I don't know if I said that last name right. If I didn't, my bad shots. And then for hockey, I think it's like Pierre Lebron or whoever. But the point is, Rosenthal is a guy that people pay attention to because he puts out legitimate stuff. There's a lockout going on right now. There shouldn't, like Ladarius said, there should not be a lockout going on right now. The MLB should be, I mean, they're the sport of the summer. Because you think about it, football doesn't start up till early August. You know, hockey and and basketball are done like right as the summer's about to start. So for June and July, the only sport that's really going on at the core four is baseball. Yeah. That's a prime marketing opportunity. And I listen, I think there's going to be a season, but I think it's going to come down to the fact where it's going to happen like right before spring training. Cause they think they have a little bit of time right now. And then boom, all of a sudden they're going to get, they, I think they're going to somehow get this deal done. But to get rid of somebody like that because you got your feelings hurt about writing something, money's great, but pride is another. And I, I think that he got, like Ladarius said, he got too prideful. I think it was a situation where, you know, if you can't criticize, then you just want everybody to, you know, praise you all the time. And why should you be praised? You, I think Rob Manfred is honestly the worst commissioner of the four sports. Adam Silver is 100% number one. Bettman and Goodell, that's a toss-up for number two. You can people might say Goodell, mm-hmm. but you know, whatever. But Rob Manfred, man, that he just continues to make bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. Ken Rosenthal will continue to do his work for Fox Sports, cover the World Series games, everything else. He'll continue to put out stuff for the athletic. And guess what? He's gonna do a damn good job about yes, it. Yes, he is. Any final thoughts on that before we kind of wrap everything up for the night? No, sir. Um, I'm good on my end. Good on my end. I think you got a lot out with Darius. I, I think you got a good amount out. Good amount off your chest. But, I mean, that's going to pretty much do it for this week. I mean, because honestly, let's be honest. Celtics, they're 18 and 19. They lost to the Timberwolves. They somehow beat the Suns on New Year's Eve, which is, like, shocking to me. And then they – had to pull off a magical comeback against the Orlando Magic, and I didn't mean to do that on purpose. That was not a coincidence. I just somehow said that. But anyways, that's going to be a whole other show in a few weeks once we get closer to the trade deadline. So, Ladarius, is this the first Couch Guy Sports um, Network podcast you've been on? Uh, It has, yes. We are honored. We are honored that you were the first to come on. We were the first podcast that you came under that was not yours on the Couch Guy Sports Network. Feel free to shout out your Twitter and your show and everything else. Go ahead. Promote yourself. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Ladarius underscore Brown. Sports takes, food takes, life takes. And you can check out my podcast, the Sports in the World podcast. 
as Al mentioned, on the Couch Guy Sports Network. Coming to episode every Wednesday, we talk about pretty much anything under the sun. Instagram, at Ladarestone underscore Brown, pictures and stuff. But, you know, have all around good time and good stuff. Where can people find your other stuff besides Couch Guy? Couch Guy? Oh, sure. Well, I have, well, I write for, I write football. I write for Sports Kita. I write there. I write Handside. I write about the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, we'll, we'll leave that there and let it just simmer out. And <laughs> when it just fades itself out. We weren't going to go there. We, we promise. We promise. And I also write for Beyond Women's Sports. I write about women's sports, primarily the WNBA and women's wrestling. Very cool. A wide variety of different topics, which is awesome. And like we said at the beginning, you can also check out Ladarius's blogs on Couch Guy Sports as well, where he'll write about anything, football, baseball. He doesn't know this, but he has free reign to write about pretty much anything he wants, whatever's on his mind that day. Mm-hmm. So, Ladarius, we thank you for coming on with us. Again, rate and subscribe to the Legend Single Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, and all the other platform outlets. I don't think I said this at the beginning of the show, which is weird for me because I usually do this, but make sure to go check out couchguysports.com. Check out all the written blogs, daily blogs. I'm getting back into writing a little bit. Ladarius writes. Powder's going to get started again in the new year. He's going to get back to it. We have a bunch of other stuff too. We have our YouTube channel. We have all of our podcasts in the network. Legends Lingo, the sports in the world, shorthanded takes, and all the other podcasts in the network. Go Make sure to go check those out. And our Twitch channel. We usually get about four to five days a week of stellar content. We had a big night on Monday night, getting a lot of subscribers and a lot of new followers. I think we're up to like 320 for followers and we're only going up. So make sure that you check out everything on couchguysports.com. Shout out to our sponsors, A&B Kitchen and Bar, Exogun, Shocked Energy. You guys are great. Nothing else for episode 154. We got Ladarius Brown. We got Tom Powder Cadmus. I'm your host, Al Nahigian. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week for episode 155. Yes, sir.